Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. Today, I have a really interesting guest, um, especially during the times we're living in with inflation and the changes in pricing, whether it's retail or whether it's B2B, we're all suffering from inflation. And so there's a lot of neuroscience that is used in the marketplace by marketers, by sales experts, by strategists to be able to tap into what that consumer or business buyer is thinking and, and how they react. And of course, COVID has impacted our behaviors in so many ways. So our guest today, per Chauffeurs, a little hard to say his his last name. He's Swedish. He's he's here joining us. He's also known as the Price Whisperer. So that's a little bit hard, uh, easier to to uh, um, remember him as. He's going to be here to talk to us today about that. Just everything to do with pricing. So welcome to the show, Per. Yeah, thank you very much, Alex. Um, and I'm happy to be um, I'm happy to be on the show. And I I hope um, I hope you'll find. Um, find this interesting and i hope even more that the audience will is going to find this interesting you know yes so. oh absolutely i mean building a value proposition some marketers think oh no it's just it's just a an offer uh, hitting the right audience uh, this offer that offer maybe i chase and try to compete with my competitors but tell me how how did you get started into this whole pricing i mean how long have you been doing it well the, here's the story i um I um, like you said, I'm Swedish, and I, I ran a couple of companies in Europe, uh, one out of Zurich in Switzerland, and one out of London before I moved here to the uh, to the U.S. in in um, uh, in, in the mid '90s. Um, and and I came here to establish and run a division of a fairly large uh, public company. After that, I've had another uh, four CEO positions, and in in all of these instances, we did some experiments with pricing and. Mm only because I was sort of interested in it, in the topic. And, and some of those experiments were very successful, meaning that next quarter revenues were up 25%. Um, others were complete duds. And what I had learned in business school and could read about pricing was so academic and so theoretical and mm. so complicated that, um, that uh, you know, it didn't help us to understand why some of those experiments worked and others mm. didn't. 15 years ago, when I decided I was um, too old and too opinionated to be a hired gun, <laughs> I, um, I, I set up my own shop and I took that interest in pricing and, and I thought to myself, you know, self, what would I have needed, right, to make sure that all these pricing experiments that we did would have been successful? Mm -hmm. um, and um, so what I did was I developed a process that makes every pricing experiment a success. And, and um, over, over the years, we worked with uh, roughly 750 companies and um, have right priced, if you like, maybe three and a half, 4,000 different products or services. No, and that sounds, uh, I mean, sounds like you've, you've been thinking about pricing for decades now. For a long time, yes. For a, for a long time. I mean, how do, talk to me about you as a consumer then, before we dive into the business side of it, because mm -hmm. I also am very intrigued by pricing as a consumer. I don't, for a marketer, that's my day job, I'm a marketer. Mm -hmm. For a marketer, I'm like the least loyal customer. I yep. don't really care about brand. Yep. So if you're going to lead with, I got a great story and a brand, I say, well, nice, but do I have value? And if I don't have value, goodbye, if I yeah, can get the exactly. same product or service somewhere else. So how do well, you every day carry yourself 
Well, I, I think I'm very much like you. I don't care about brands either. And, um, but for many people, um, brands is, 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 is um, important. And that's because if you really think about it, what a brand is, is a promise of quality and benefits and consistency, right? Mm -hmm. That's what a brand is. Let me backtrack a little bit here because I think this, this, this can lead into a very interesting um, uh, discussion sure. because um, when I developed my, my process then 15 years ago when I started the, the company, I, I used um, what I thought would make sense for, for, you know, for, for any company in terms of understanding what, um, uh, what their customers are willing to pay and, and how that affects um, customer targeting, marketing, sales, and, and of course, pricing it, itself. But, and I developed this out of the practical needs that I, uh, that I, that I, that I had. And then five, seven years ago, um, I got wind of something called behavioral economics. I didn't know that it existed. But as I learned about behavioral economics and, and, and um, I learned that what we do in my company is the practical implementation of behavioral economics. So I'm, I'm leaning on um, three Nobel Prize winners, you know, okay. their studies, you know. And, and one of the things that has been established is that when we make our purchase decision, our fear of making the wrong decision is 2.22 times more important than our expected benefit of that, that decision. Wow. And all purchase decisions, by the way, is, is there are emotional, right? Absolutely. Um, and once you've done made your emotional decision, and that just takes a blink of an eye, right? Mm -hmm. um, then, you're, then you put rationale on it because we, we all think that we should be <laughs> rational people, but we're not, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's where brand comes in because, and, and, and that's why there's so many people who, um, make their purchase decision based on brand because they 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 want that promise of quality they want the promise of consistency they want the promise of 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 um, of quality that they're used to and you know i don't know if it's the same for you but you know my wife goes grocery shopping and she comes home with something i don't know let's say uh, laundry detergent that is some some uh, some brand of some kind. And she said, oh, it was 20% off, you know? And I said, well, um, but had you bought the store brand, it would have been another 10% cheaper. You know? That's how I feel about it. Well, I, and, I feel about that with products like iPhone and 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 Nike and and mm -hmm. even like most recently in the news this week with Patagonia, the 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 owner giving mm -hmm. away the you know company worth three billion dollars. I see a company like that where they have a great story, they have a great mission, social mm -hmm. cause. I love it, but I'm yeah. still not going to pay $120 for a vest. <laughs> no. So <laughs> so I, I feel like I could buy into your message, but I'm still, I still have my own financial goals. And mm -hmm. but I know that people like you and, and me and I uh, are the minority. Most people are. That's true, but but this, this is the this is one of the corners of 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 the process that that I developed. Let me just bring a couple of things up that that sure. maybe of interest for you. Yes, examples. Um, we we um, I can't say any names here because this is obviously in public. But uh, we did some work for a company that that uh, have come up with a, a slightly variant of a of of a, um, a 
pop popular grocery items, say, all right? Okay. And it has certain benefits. There's there's no doubt about that. And they had come up with a brand name because they, they wanted to sell this branded. And it was a very, very odd kind of name, but it was a, a, a wordplay on the benefits that they, they, they mm. get. But consumers didn't like that at all. Instead, they, they wanted something sort of easy to understand and happy message as, as their brand. And it would have done, had they gone to market with the original thought, it would have had uh, a sales volume that would have been about 25% lower than, than with, with the brand that we recommended them. Mm -hmm. Because we can, it's not about what people want, it's what they want to buy, right? Um, and because uh, you can go there and you can find what people want all day long, but at the end of the day, it's when they make their purchase that the, 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 the rubber meets the road, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so. a great example. I'm thinking of like here in Florida, we have a grocery store Publix, right? You mm -hmm. will hear everyone talk to each other about the BOGO, buy one, get one free, right? Oh yeah. And uh, I'm the type of guy that I'll go to Publix and I will literally only buy what's BOGO. Mm -hmm. um, and if it fits uh, my, my healthy choices and my needs, which means that when I go to Publix, aside from them giving a free cookie to the kids, mm -hmm. they, well, I take all four of my kids and everybody wants a cookie. And they're actually pretty good as a, a supermarket chain here, Per. Uh -huh. They will not only give cookies, but they give fruits too. So as you're walking around, you uh -huh. can grab a banana, a fruit. And so they, they, they've they got that down, the value proposition. Yeah. Um, but with me, if I if every consumer that walked in there, every shopper walked in there like me, they'd go out of business, right? Because I'm literally just picking. And if it if it ends up being five or six items, and that's it. Yeah. And that's what I do. And I'm comparing what the true price is versus that one in my head. And I'm then I will go to BJ's or whatever other stores I need to do so that I can hit those, those, those numbers that I do sure. not want to exceed. Um, very controlled. But again, I know that I'm in the minority. Most people just walk through and pick up stuff. They actually came in just because of one BOGO. And then they ended up buying, you know, $300 worth of other yeah. groceries that they could have yeah. gotten somewhere for 20% less, right? Uh, you, you know, it, 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 uh, it's, it's always, I mean, it always surprised me when, um, like, one of the chains we have here is called Ralph's in, I mean, I mean, uh, the Los Angeles area for for the benefit of the um, of the audience, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it it I don't understand people that goes to 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 Ralph's and and buy a overloaded shopping cart with stuff, you know, when 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 you have discount stores or discount chains and and uh, um, uh, membership chains and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like Costco, you know. So, yeah. um, but I mean, it's it's their choice. Now the interesting thing here, on, on, if we talk about the grocery stores here, is uh, towards the end of the '90s, um, um, Walmart decided that they would teach the Germans on how to sell cheap in and in in volume, right? Okay. And I don't know if you know this story, but so so Walmart went out and they bought a small grocery store chain, um, seven or nine stores, something like that, in Germany. And um, and the, brought the whole sort of Walmart experience um, mm -hmm. to that with the greeter and everything like that, you know. And um, it failed miserably. Mm -hmm. And it failed miserably because um, 
because uh, as they started to look around, they realized that their prices were about 20% higher than competition, right? <laughs> so they were not longer the low price leader, right? And, and, and after, um, after three years or so, they, they just withdraw. They said, we can't do it here, you know? Now, the, the twist of the story is that uh, there are two large German grocery store chains, chains, Lidl and Aldi. Aldi, yeah. And, um, and they are now coming into the US market. Right. And they're 20% cheaper, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's and like the reverse they can you know it is and and both these chains are opening 2000 stores um wow. a year right in the yeah. us well the the same happened in in brazil actually with walmart mm -hmm. I, I, at its peak walmart i believe had somewhere in south america all of south america i believe they had 600 stores something like that at its mm -hmm. peak mm -hmm. um by last year, they had sold the last stores to an equity group, yeah. a hedge fund, because they couldn't compete. The brand yeah. didn't matter to anyone. Yeah. Um, it, it was both. It partly was pricing, um, no doubt. I go visit family and they say, well, it's not any cheaper than Carrefour or one yeah. of the other ones. Um, but also it's the experience. What they missed the mark on was that, you know, the 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 consumer there in Brazil, while let's say most are lower to middle class mm -hmm. shoppers, right? They still have a very high bar for customer service and quality, mm. very high bar. And, and so where, what they were thinking was, well, maybe this country where the majority of the population are in lower income to middle, mm -hmm. they're going to be okay with you know, concrete floors and this, mm. this, this not, it's not a great experience. So most people that you talk to, even the Brazilians who come to the U S they don't, they don't think Walmart's that great. They're like, it's, it just feels like a, like a warehouse and there's boxes everywhere. And, mm. and that doesn't have so much to do with pricing, but it, it, there is some behavioral economics in, in that. Right. Um, yeah. Or, or I think like Aldi, where you have to deposit a, a, a quarter or two to, get a push cart mm -hmm. i mean but that's the i think that's the way it is all everywhere in europe you know um but but i mean i, I personally i've never i've never even been in a walmart you know <laughs> oh i think i've been in a walmart once you know <laughs> and, and, but um because of everything that the brand is associated with right yeah yeah um, um and you. and the 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 um but but then i'm happy to go to costco you know um with with uh, why is that well you know you costco is paying their staff the highest prices in the industry for it start it starts with that that's right yeah. i mean even years ago they, i think the lowest was 17 dollars an hour yeah. and that's exactly. way before the 15 minimum wage push yeah yeah correct and 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 when you do you get better people and happier people and happier people do better work and i mean it's, it's <laughs> happier old. customers yeah exactly um so but but it is um it is interesting that you know walmart used to have this this uh, tagline which was something rollback prices or something like that you know yeah <laughs> um and eventually it started to affect um we said that if prices are too low they they send a message of inferior quality right yeah um and 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 um um that 
push on low prices started to affect same store sales. Mm. So the same store sales started to go down, right? And um, the result of that was a rebranding and new logo, mm -hmm. new tagline, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and then, um, you know, growth started again, you know? So it, um, and, and the, the, um, I think the tagline is now live better or something like that, you know, yeah. some fluffy thing, but it's not about price. It's not about low prices anymore. Well, let me, well, let me ask you a question about, you know, consumers shop, not for B2B, but mainly for retail, you mm -hmm. know, B2C. In your research, in your experience, when, and, it, and right now it's worldwide, so we could say US, but it's worldwide. The economy is tanking everywhere, recessions yeah. in some places, so much inflation. When, when there's economic crises ongoing for two, three, four years, do the behaviors and the pricing strategies, like should they meet the consumer during that phase? Well, um, there was actually um, information um, uh, released today saying that consumer spend increased 0.3% in, in August, right? Hmm. Um, the, the, you know, like when the pandemic hit, consumer behavior changed very rapidly. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and, and, you know, we, we saw that, that everybody was stacking up on toilet paper and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and, and, um, but once that short-term crisis, um, uh, has blown over and it, I don't know, it, it, that took maybe a couple of months, then behavior is back to sort of normal again. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it has short-term effect, but not long-term effects. Not, not what I have seen. Okay. Um, and, and, um, you know, let's to give you an example, we, we did a project about a year ago. So during the pandemic for a company that comes out with, um, a, a supplement mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> they came to us and, 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 and they said, um, we <laughs> different, different industries have different sort of not very accurate rules of thumb on, on how they should price, you know? Mm -hmm. And in this particular industry, um, um, they said, we need to take our cost times five, right? And that is going to be our price. And they came to us and said, we have this big problem because our cost for this particular supplement is say $30 or $35 maybe it was, mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly, but say $30, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and then we're supposed to take it times five. So it's $150, but nobody's going to be willing to pay more than a hundred bucks for us, you know? Mm -hmm. So we don't know what to do. Right. Um, and, and, um, and so, so we did what we do in my company, which is go out to the marketplace, measure what folks are willing to pay for the specific differentiators for this particular problem. Mm -hmm. And we found that they were willing to pay 200. Wow. Right? So, so it, it's, uh, and that's because the cost of a product or service have nothing to do with the value it delivers, right? Mm, okay. and, and certainly the perceptional value that it, it delivers, you know, and, 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 and it's, but, but it was, it was so funny, you know, they had this, they had this in their minds that nobody's going to be willing to pay more than a hundred bucks for this. 
-hmm. and we have to take our cost time side. Right. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to go out and speak to the to the, the consumer. Yeah, and, and you know, they they were on the verge of denigrating the the, the there's this is a concoction of, of different um um different it's not a single one, it's a whole mix of different uh, supplements. And they were about to limit the 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 amount of 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 um of actual different supplements that was in it. I think this concoction have like 28 different supplements in it, you know? Right. And they would say, all right, if we remove 10 of them, then maybe we can come into um, under a hundred bucks, but then it's not the same value, right? No. Yeah, so, and, I, and, and I think on top of that, Per, you, 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 depending on what type of product you're selling, right? Depending on the industry, we could almost see a chart where consumers, even with this world of digital, where you have information on your fingertips, something like supplements, if you go out and you talk to 100 people and ask them about the percentages in a multivitamin and what they mean, you're lucky to find a few in that 100 who are like, oh, okay, if it says this many billions uh, of, of in the probiotic, this mm -hmm. is what it's going to do. How was it measured? Was it FDA approved? What, yeah. you know, it's just a pretty, it's a pretty bottle. The, the, the branding was awesome. Uh, and, and that's it. It made me feel good. Like I'm seeing a lot of this cachava, mm -hmm. cachava coffee and tea. And you see these uh, uh, video ads on YouTube mm -hmm. and, you know, I dig into it. And I look at it and I said, my goodness, it's just all, you know, lipstick on a pig and it might work for a lot of people, but I am very discriminant. You know, I, I discriminate the brands because before I'm going to give you my money, I want to make sure that you stand behind what you say you stand behind, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. So, so digitally could talk to us about this uh, per it, for the e-commerce, very different mm -hmm. than brick and mortar face to face. Um, are there any pricing strategies that you look at or use when you're saying, hey, you're selling something here only digitally versus someone who, you know, has interactions with a consumer face to face? Well, um, let me get, <laughs> let me tell you a story. Right. And um, this was um, a few months ago. I was in the market uh, for a, um, a blood pressure measurement device. You know, one of these things mm -hmm. you put on your, your cuff. Mm -hmm. And um, um, so I went to Amazon and, and, and I looked for it. And as I, as I scrolled, I can see these devices from anywhere from, um, you know, 50, 70, 80 bucks down to 15 or something like that, you know? And, and then as I scrolled, I suddenly realized that I, that device I saw on the lost screen, but the price was completely different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went back and, and, and I, I could identify that because the, the, the pictures were identical. Okay. The brand name was different. The description was different. Um, but it was obviously that it's an OEM product that is sold through several different channels with different names. Right. Yeah. And, and one of them, um, one of them, the one with a, a more, uh, a much better description, you know, actual real English as opposed to Chinese to English via Google Translate. You're right. Um, the the um, the one with a real good description was twenty eight bucks. Mm -hmm. The one with the um, the um, uh, description made by Google Translate was seventeen, I think. 
right? For the same uh, de device, right? Mm -hmm. I bought the cheap one, right? My kind of shopper. <laughs> yeah. But, but my point that I'm trying to say make here, though, is that even when you sell something that in truth is a commodity, yeah. you can find ways of differentiate yourself. And I just happen, I mean, I'm a sort of a visual guy. So because of that, I can see that that picture uh, on the last page is the, exactly the same as that picture in this page, you know, with, with the only thing different is that they Photoshop different brand names on the picture. Um, and, um, and maybe somebody who is not as visually focused would see that. Um, but it was also so that the more expensive one here had differentiate themselves by simply having better descriptions, more, um, first of all, more of a description. There was just more text and, and more examples and, and, and again, proper English. So, um, and, 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 and they will inevitably have some sell, some buyers are gonna buy the more expensive product. Mm -hmm. Some are gonna just look at the cheapest one and, and very few will do what I did, you know. I agree with you. So well, yeah, he, he, here's this product, Per. Um, it, it's called a a um, fingerprint trigger lock uh -huh. for people to keep their you know handguns safe. Use oh, okay. fingerprint. This comes from comes from China. Mm -hmm. So this is the competitor that I'm holding here. Mm -hmm. So we did this campaign. I ordered uh, literally containers of this here. Um, and we sold ours at $79. Mm -hmm. The three competitors that were buying from the same supplier in China were selling theirs at a, a $99 a price point, $120, and you had one selling it at $179, $100 more. Now, the yeah. difference was, like you said, a couple of different things. Like this co company in particular, King Trigger Lock, they not only had a nice you know, box that's like heavy duty, um, but to your point, the content. They had videos, mm -hmm. they, I mean, they had downloadable, I mean, all kinds of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. um, we just had reviews. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is for that smart consumer that values their money <laughs> first, they're going to read the reviews and go, wait a minute, but the cheaper one has great reviews too. Mm -hmm. What's happening here? And if you look at well, it, it's the same product, just a different. But logo. if you if you if you what what's happening here is that the the more expensive one, they made a lot more money, for sure. You and know? and and some people feel my mom is one of those. I know my mom. So if I tell my mom right now, per, she'll say, "Look, oh son, what a nice shirt," and I'll say, "Yep, okay, I'm not. That's thank you. That's it." Because if I tell her that this shirt costs $20, she's going to go, oh, I can see the stitching is not so good. Eh. <laughs> On the other hand, if I said, yes, I got this one here at the you know, Nordstrom and spent $100. Oh, I could tell. It's a, it's just, Quality, that's the type yeah. of, she always loves high end. It's almost like the only thing she puts her eyes on are things that are super expensive. Yeah. Uh, she does like brands uh, and she knows quality. And I, I do agree to a certain extent that, um, in many cases, especially product-wise, you get what you pay for. But um, there's a difference between products that are, you know, um, uh, durable goods versus commodities versus non-durable goods. But talk to us real quick here as we get close to the uh, end of the podcast. Per I know I get a, this question from a lot of our listeners mm -hmm. who are solopreneurs but offering services. So these yep. are 
what what's the best way to for them to find out most of these are people selling services to other businesses mm -hmm. you're talking you know two three four ten twenty thousand dollars you're pitching a proposal mm -hmm. what do you do with pricing there it's very different than selling a one-off product to a consumer yeah so so here is um solopreneurs rarely engage my company you know <laughs> um but there there's actually a um there's a way you can do this and, and we we already established that price and value goes together right okay um and 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 that the price sets an expectation of quality mm -hmm. okay so if if you are a solopreneur um there is a way where you can figure out where your price range should be Mm -hmm. okay and and this is what you do first of all you find 25 potential buyers mm -hmm. right those are not your existing customers they are not your existing prospects these these are 25 new people that are potential buyers okay and then you ask them two questions you describe the particular services um, and you describe specifically um, what makes you different, right? And and then once once this person you interact with um, understands that, mm -hmm. you then ask, now, um, what is the price that is so low you wouldn't buy this because you don't think that we can deliver on our promise? Okay. All right. So what is the price that's so low? What is the price that's so low you won't buy because you think that we will not be able to deliver on our promise? <laughs> okay, all, right. all right. And then you ask the flip side, which is, and what is the price that is so high that you would not buy because we will, even if we over deliver substantially on our promise? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, now you have, and then you take the, the, uh, you take the the uh, average of these two price points from 25 different people, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a range. It should be not below that and not over that, okay? And um, it's uh, and we've seen this many, many, many times. You know that people underprice themselves so much mm -hmm. that we say we we say increase your price and your sales volume is going to increase. Yeah, which it does. You know. We've had, um, you know, we've had experiences of say we can double your price, and lo and behold, your sales volume is doubling too, right? Right, right. And and um, so, but if if you if you go out and talk to twenty five new people, potential buyers, mm -hmm. and do the averages of these two these two points, too cheap and too expensive, you know what the range should be. And you're going to be more profitable if you price yourself towards the higher end of that spectrum. Wow. That, okay. that is really good. <laughs> I think that any, no. any entrepreneur can take this. And, yeah. And, 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 but also, um, if you can't find 
25 potential buyers, then then you have bigger problems. <laughs> That's product market fit, which the SBA shows that, uh, you know, the percentage of failures, three, five, seven, 10 years down the road, number one and two are, well, first is, of course, financing, right? Like lack of cash flow. Uh, yeah. But uh, a, a, a close second year after year in that survey of reasons why uh, uh, small business owners report going out of business, uh, and sometimes there's been many years that it's number one per is lack of market fit for your product. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly because how do you, how do you get into a market? Not even knowing if people need it, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, there's so many, so many, so many folks that have an idea that uh, this is something I need. And because of that, right. everybody else needed, you know? Right. And so, and yeah, and there's different reasons to do it. Like I, I wrote a book uh, last year, and I, like everybody else, you know, put it on Amazon because it was the cheapest way to mass produce it. Um, and I may see, I don't know, 15, 20 sales every month. Some months, if I do a campaign, I get more. But the reason I wrote the book, because people ask me, why, why do you put so much time into this book? And now you're not, I mean, I, I, I can't even, you know, um, I couldn't eat if I depended on the book. I yeah, said, well, yeah. first of all, the book took about uh, 5% of my time mm -hmm. for the year that I worked on this. The work is very, again, solid. It's 20 years of my work. So I know it's solid. Mm -hmm. But what I say to other solopreneurs who want to take their subject matter and put it into a book, I said, for me, my strategy was that I could sell this book for the, the actual price I want for it with my course and everything else directly to associations and to companies. Mm -hmm. So I use the book to come into companies and train their corporate teams. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So the pricing was like, cause I know people ask me say, but man, if you're selling a book for 13 bucks and you're selling 20, 30 copies a month. Yeah. You, you know, you rich from it. <laughs> I said, it ain't about that, man. Even if I sold 10,000 copies, it wouldn't uh, every month, it wouldn't yeah. support me. So, but, but, but the big deals that you do on the back end, being able to come in, you know, you have to add that value. And I'm happy to give it away to anybody who, who says, Hey, I really want to learn. I say, great, take it. Yeah. You know, I think you, you are proof pair of, I know as I've been on your YouTube channel and you speak right into the camera and you create some really amazing content. Um, you. you know, I mean, and I mean that, and I think that for many people with, you know, certain talents and skills, what I hear from them per is, oh, I'm not going to put the time into doing podcasts, doing videos, mm -hmm. creating content, because then I'm giving away my secrets for free. And you just gave us a great strategy here for mm -hmm. solopreneurs, even though that they're not your typical target audience. No, but you never know. Someone you could never know. scale their company and call you and say, per, I heard you on this podcast and you gave me great, you know, expert advice and it worked. Yeah. Oh, it so I tell, it so I tell my works. listeners, I tell my listeners, don't be so stingy with your content. Yeah. You know, people want it. And if you don't want to give it, they'll find it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the I, I go into, uh, I have this book also out there. My book though, it, it my is, uh, it's on Amazon, of course, but it's also uh, distributed by Simon and Schuster. So okay. it's in, um it's going well it's uh, the kindle version is is available today the uh paper version comes out november 8th oh congrats and, and um and it's going to be in every bookstore in the u.s mm -hmm. and um on amazon it's already a bestseller 
Wow. Congratulations. I mean, Thank that's, you. Uh, that's and, big. And what is it name? The name is The Price Whisper. Of course it had to be because your name is too hard to pronounce. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and, but it has a subtitle and the subtitle is, is uh, a holistic approach to pricing power. Oh, that goes, that just goes so well together. The price yeah. whisper, holistic. It kind of feels like I'm ready to meditate while you read that book for me. Okay. <laughs> so I'll look for it on the audio book when it comes out now. Just yeah, I'm going to, I've actually decided to read the audio book myself, even though I have you an accent. So you yeah. should absolutely. Yeah. I'm doing mine. I, I came to that conclusion as well, Per. Yeah. So, well, maybe I say, you know, I'm going to do it because my personality is my personality. And, yeah, it, exactly. it, you know, yeah. but um, it, look, it's been really great and a fascinating conversation about pricing. Um, and, and everything that you're doing to help companies really take their, well, I mean, better serve their customers, but also exactly. be, be more profitable and, and be able to scale when you, you know, know what people are willing to pay. It, it, it all goes together because if, if you know what people are willing to pay and you can set your prices so you can um, increase your profitability, mm -hmm. means that you can develop your products more means that you add more value to your customers, mm -hmm. um, means that you can uh, market and sales more, means you can hire better people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it all goes together. It means that you can continue to, and this is why companies who focuses on pricing and have pricing as a centerpiece in, in their business strategy end up as market leaders, you know? That makes sense. No, that yeah. makes sense. Well, we're going to look for the book when it comes out and um, maybe we'll, we'll we'll buy some and give it away to our, our listeners here sure. who, who listen to the episode and go check you out. But it was a real pleasure having you here and spending this time with us and talking to us about pricing per. Thank you so much, um, Alex. And thank you for inviting me.